father's lightsaber. What? Lightsabers, precious? Lightsabers Precious. The Lord of the Rings is a Star Wars Encyclopodcast where we waste time on fictional wikis. My name is Ryan. My name is Joanna. And welcome to season two, baby. Our second big season out of question mark? Who it, knows how long we can keep this show going? Until we die. Mmm, I mean, that largely depends on when we're gonna die. Never. If we're gonna die next year, then I can guarantee you guys that this will keep going until we die. We'll never die. So speaking of never dying, our love of Lord of the Rings and Star Wars will never die. So what's new in these spheres the last two weeks? It's been a little while. I gotta say, nothing is that new in terms of Lord of the Rings. As of a couple days ago, it was reported that Peter Jackson said he would be happy to help out with Amazon's Lord of the Rings show. But that really is pretty meaningless. Like most of the reporting on the Amazon TV show has been. Happy to help out. What does that even mean? Mm -hmm. That means nothing. Mm -hmm. The other story I found this week is that Andy Serkis has released adaptation of The Jungle Book. Mm -hmm. And apparently people are saying that it is very similar to Lord of the Rings. Well, it's called Mowgli. It's on Netflix. How is it similar to Lord of the Rings? I I guess tonally and also technologically and also from a cinematic, uh, cinematography standpoint. And I guess it also opens with a voiceover by Kate Blanchett sounding very similar to her voiceover at the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring. However, I like Lord of the Rings, so that's not necessarily a bad thing for me. It's really questionable how many elves they put into the Jungle Book. I don't remember any of those from the book. I don't remember there being cave trolls either, but they just slap in a cave troll. They call them jungle trolls, but it's very clearly a cave troll. Oh, speaking of troll, well, you know what? I should let you get to your Star Wars news first. Sure, I'd be happy to interrupt. Not much news in Star Wars. Everyone's just like a buzz about episode nine. There's rumors about what's going to happen. And I haven't read them because I don't want to have anything spoiled for me, even if it's just a stupid rumor. Uh, the other big news, I'm not sure if it's big news. They have launched an official YouTube channel called Star Wars Kids. Mm, how's that? Well, most of it is this video series called Galaxy of Adventures. And what they've done here is they've made these minute-long animations. And the animation's really cool. It's kind of like a Gendy Tartakovsky, like, you know, Samurai Jack kind of style okay, animation. Like where they animate Star Wars scenes from the original trilogy that, like, already exist. Okay. With, like, the voice acting from the films. Okay, so they don't have to hire any voice actors, so that's good from a budgetary standpoint. And their, their stated purpose is that these are for kids who maybe aren't ready for the live-action movies. Wait... So they're not ready for the live action movies, but they are ready for a version that uh, is identical to the live action movies, except with it's a cartoon, cartoon animation. It's a cartoon, yeah. So what and makes them, I don't understand what makes them ready for one and not the other. And they're pretty cool, but like, I watched a couple of them. Like, there's a Chewbacca one that's pretty cute. There's one that was uh, called Darth Vader, Power of the Dark Side. And it's him literally like chopping down rebel soldiers, like at the beginning of, uh, of episode four. But it's a cartoon. So they're ready for he it. He straight up chokes a dude at the end. Like, yeah, it, but if there was real people, they wouldn't be ready for it. But because it's a cartoon, they're ready for it. Yeah. I, I, if, I, if Home Alone taught me anything, it's that American children are ready for graphic, deplorable violence at any age. I mean, honestly, kids demand blood, and I think we should give it to them. There's nothing they love more than blood. There's nothing they love more than somebody getting force choked and or falling down the stairs after slipping on micro machines. Exactly. I don't know... 
if it's thought out very well. Like the videos are very cool, but they have no context. Like there's no like explaining of like who these people are, what they're doing. Or the anything. kids already know because they've already watched the actual film. Of course they have. They actually already have. But let me give you a point counterpoint on this whole proposition. Yeah. Point. Kids are obsessed with YouTube. Kids yep, watch YouTube like 17 hours a day. They never stop. Kids be watching YouTube. Okay. They be YouTubing. But. Let me give you a counterpoint. YouTube's algorithm when it comes to kid videos is so messed up and easily exploitable that I guarantee half the related videos on those Star Wars flicks is going to be like finger family. Well, like weird, low budget, viscerally upsetting versions from some sweatshop in India of finger family. Now, you and say And Johnny this. Johnny, yes, papa. I didn't see any Elsa Spider-Man uh, neck surgery videos, pregnancy Joker buried alive, funny kids cartoon toys, haha channels. But there is a few things here. There no, is, I see that. I see that right there. That there is Thai, one. That Thai train. It says Bob the Train Thailand. Creepy YouTube. YouTube channels. is messed up, okay, you guys. Okay, okay. We, this is not our topic of our messed show. all the way up. You know what else is messed all the way up? Tell me, trolls. Oh, you mean like on YouTube, like the trolls, like they're going to post and they're going to be like, for the lulls, and they're going to- Are you care mad, bro? Troll face, comics, lay derpy me posting on this video. I've never had sex and never will, lol. Forever alone. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, they are messed up. They are probably one of the worst elements of our current modern day society. But if we're talking about the worst elements of previous day society, then we got to talk about actual goodness gracious trolls that lumber around and have large scaly bodies and carry clubs. I don't believe in no trolls. Well, I'm going to make you a believer because I'm about to blow your mind with how many different kinds of trolls are all in Tolkien and how little information he ever gave us about them. Are you ready? I'm ready to be underwhelmed by the information. All right. I'm ready to believe. I want to believe. Yes, I know you do. So the reason I have it, trolls seem like one of the least addressed races, both in terms of this podcast and just generally. I feel like everyone should talk about trolls a little more often. I feel like trolls deserve a little bit more attention. Though it was a major motion picture a few years ago, and there's a second one coming out, Trolls World Tour. Oh yeah, is that the one where they dance to like that Justin Timberlake song? Yeah, yeah. Um, these trolls didn't do that. Okay. If they, they had, maybe they wouldn't be extinct right do now. Do they have, like, long, beautiful hair and have, like, fuzzy, textured outfits? They have yeah. no hair. They are naked except for loincloths. Hmm. And they murder indiscriminately. But are they related to, like, the treasure trolls? Who knows? Okay. Who knows? I did read online that the Tolkien's trolls, the concept of them was that they would, like, degrade generation by generation. Okay. And so maybe that's what they eventually degraded into, is some, like, pink-haired pervert who dances to JT. I gotta say, though, they look pretty cute. Yeah, they do look cute. Much cuter than the ones in Lord of the Rings. Let's talk about the ones in Lord of okay, the Rings. Okay, let's talk, let's, let's talk about the topic of our podcast. Now, this starts off very confusingly, because the first sentence in Encyclopedia of Arda for the description of trolls is they are lumbering evil creatures created by Melkor. In the same paragraph, though... Yeah. The article writer says that Melkor was incapable of creating thinking beings of his own. Now, hang on. These same trolls ain't thinking? Because I think they think it. I think they thinking too. So I'm very confused. What, what I think they're trying to say is that it's possible he took previously existing creatures and kind of warped them. Oh, like kinda... he did with elves. Okay, what were they before then? 
God only knows. If anybody can shed light on this, please do. Because I'll read it to you verbatim. Lumbering evil creatures originated by Melkor. Their origins are mysterious. The only clear statement on the matter is Treebeard's suggestion that they were made by the Dark Lord to resemble Ents. That claim is certainly false. Melkor had no power to create thinking beings of his own. But it seems possible that the first trolls were twisted and corrupted Ents. Oh, interesting. So, like, he made them, but, like, he didn't. He kind of took the existing pieces and kind of made a new recipe out of them. But, like, really, we don't know. It should be noted that Tolkien himself had basically only one specific comment on the subject of trolls, and it is, quote, I am not sure about trolls. Yeah, wow. That's so it. So basically somebody asked him, hey, Tolkien, what's up What's up with trolls? And as of 1954, his answer was, uh. I made him up. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, he didn't even make him up. Scandinavians made him up. And because oh, he was, like, right. such a freak for Northern Europe, he just put him in there. So the first time in the established timeline they pop up is at the Battle of Unnumbered Tears where they formed the bodyguard of Gothmog, Lord of Balrogs. So you know they existed at least back then. So they at least existed back then. Maybe they were twisted and corrupted, and who knows. Generally speaking, trolls were a primitive race. They could communicate in a rough manner, but they had no knowledge of even the most basic technologies, like building houses, which is why they lived in caves. Although they evidently had knowledge of the culinary arts. And they knew how to build a fire. And they knew how to build a fire. And a spit. That's kind of, like, difficult to make. See, so this is why, like, some of this stuff just doesn't... Thought of, the thought that they are not thinking beings doesn't, like, really reach I say they communicate in a rough manner. I think they just have very strong, like, country accents. They did. Them. They did. Yeah. It's I mean, a little I, bit... Can I just say, in the Hobbit movie, I loved how the one guy says squirrels. Squirrel. 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 How many W's can you put in squirrel? Squirrels. So many is the answer. Oh, is it a squirrel? So many. I really liked the trolls in The Hobbit. I thought they were very fun. Played by three of the dwarves, it turns out. Indeed. Indeed. That's efficiency in casting. There were many different kinds of trolls, and there were differences between them. Generally speaking, those that showed up in the later Third Age were considered particularly clever and dangerous in comparison to ones that came previously. Okay, so that's why they could talk pretty good. Possibly. But then... Although... No, no, no. Although, this is going to get... You're going to get... You're going to get annoyed. (gasps) Okay. You're going to get annoyed because we're going to be talking about those trolls. They were stone trolls, the ones that were talking. Yeah. And they're actually considered, like, the stupidest kind of trolls. And yet they could talk, so... They could talk and cook? Yeah, so... Anyway. But they thought a hobbit was a squirrel. What yeah, a they did. That is squirrel. pretty stupid. That is pretty stupid. What a ding-dong. Anyway, the different types of trolls that are known to have existed in Middle-earth are as follows. Cave trolls, hill trolls, mountain trolls, Olug High, snow trolls, and stone trolls. Though, information on them is scarce, so some of these might actually overlap. Like, they might be the same thing. We really don't know anything about we trolls, really do we? really don't know much about trolls, but I will tell you what we do now, all right? They're a mysterious and beautiful race. So let's first talk about cave trolls. Okay. Cave trolls, as you might guess, like to live in caverns and dark places. And they are known basically only from the encounter that the Fellowship has with them in the Fellowship of the Ring in Moria. Basically, the only time we ever see or hear about a cave troll... And okay. Yes. Sorry. Uh, that one was a was a troll too, right? It was a cave troll. That one was a troll, and it couldn't talk. It could. Well, we don't. I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Oh, that's I'm, like a whole dropping? thing. Okay. Sorry. No, that's like a whole thing. All right. So, what Encyclopedia of Arda says is that the cave trolls in Moria, along with orcs and perhaps other creatures, were sent to inhabit it by Sauron five hundred years before the War of the Ring. He specifically sent them there. Okay. Not for any specific purpose, just like, hey, you know dwarves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to make their lives worse. 
this used to be their kingdom, and now I want you guys to sort of take over ownership and make it so that they can never go home. So Sauron sent his large adult sons. So Sauron sent all of his large adult sons, his large adult sons and his even larger adult sons to squat in Moria just so the dwarves couldn't have it. What a turd. Because he's a turd burglar. Oh my goodness. The cave trolls of Moria were, duh, of huge size and had dark green scales and flat toeless feet. They didn't get no toes. No toll they didn't toes. Get, they didn't get no to- troll toes. Toeless feet. It's like a little, like, like stump. So they got like, uh, it's like elephant feet. Now we need to rewatch The Fellowship of the Ring, but I'm almost positive they have toes in them. All right. You, you keep talking. I'm going to look I'm it up. I'm almost positive. I'm going to pull it up on the old mainframe here. Troll, my troll net. I'm going to hack into the matrix here and just figure out what the trolls look like. In now, even room. though this is the only time an encounter with cave trolls is mentioned in Tolkien, Gandalf is able to recognize them in Moria specifically as cave trolls, which suggests that this appearance was shared by others of the kind. Now, question two. You don't see any other trolls in Moria except for that one that they they battle. Where'd they all go? I do not know. I have no idea where the rest are. Presumably there were others. They uh, have to have been reproducing. Are they just hanging on like lower levels or something? Potentially. Potentially they're all in the depths. Were in they the just, deeps. Drums. Drums in the deep. Were they just sleeping? Maybe. Okay. I mean, the bigger question is how did the orcs come to have a captive and debatably domesticated cave troll? That's a good question. How? How? We don't know. The next kind. So we're going to come back to cave right. trolls in a second. Well, hang on. I, I Before we get onto that, I've I've hacked through. Um, I, I've typed in the codes. I've triangulated the signal. And I have a troll from Fellowship of the Ring. See? Toes. It's got two, two. meaty toes. Two. Count of two toes. That is two more than they are supposed so to have. either Peter Jackson and Weta messed up or... They decided it would look kind of stupid if the troll looked like it was wearing booties. I would imagine it having like elephant feet. Yeah. Toeless feet. I know I know technically elephants do have toes, they got the bones for it. And they walk on a padded have you ever seen a skeleton of, a, of an elephant its foot? It's crazy. I have uh, not. It's wild. I don't think I'm ready for it. It's like at this you know, point like the, in my life. Like the like the, the padded part of our feet. Like that's like all their foot is, but they got actually bones in there. I think my brain is not prepared to accept that yet. That's what I imagine a toeless foot to look like. Okay, well let's assume that that's what it actually looked like, in contrast to what it looked like in the Peter Jackson movies. But moving on from cave trolls, which we will return to, let's talk about hill trolls. Hill trolls. I imagine they live in hills. Once again, we basically only have a handful, in fact I think two mentions of hill trolls in all the Tolkien legendarium. One mention is the fact that Aragorn's grandfather Arador was killed by one oh, okay. in the hills north of Rivendell, which is where a lot of them hung out. Uh, the second one is that a company of hill trolls were among the armies that Sauron loosed during the War of the Ring. Interestingly, they basically looked like men, but big. Hold on. Like some big boys. I don't like that. They looked like men who were big and had hard scales and were just really quite big. Now, that doesn't sound like a man who's got hard scales. Well, they were also fearsome and vicious, which we know men never are. Never. Never. And they would beat their enemies down with great hammers and bellow like beasts. So, not like men at all, except for they have two legs and two arms and a head. The next type is mountain trolls. These were trolls from the highland regions of Middle-earth. And they were the ones that wielded the great battering ram Grand at the Battle of Pelennor. Oh, I remember those guys. Yeah, they yeah. Were cool. So they're only ever mentioned for their small part in the Battle of Pelennor and never referred to again. So that's what we know about mountain trolls. Now, hey, can I ask a question real quick? Yes. So what what do you call a troll who lives in a cave in the mountains? A cave troll, apparently. What do you call a troll that lives like at between a hill and a mountain, like kind of like the steps? What do you call a it? step troll? 
Really? I have no idea. Honestly, nobody even knows if these divisions are even valid. They could all just be the same dang thing for all we know. I think they're all the same guy, just in different places. They could all just be <laughs> the same guy. As in, there's only there's one, one. There's only one troll. There's it's troll. Just sort of, like, all peripatetically, like, wandering the mm-hmm. lands mm-hmm. and popping up here mm-hmm. and popping up there, and it's yeah. just one guy? Yeah. Could be. Olaghai. All right, moving on. Olaghai were a race of trolls bred by Sauron later on in the Third Age. So these were definitely their own thing. Okay. They were bred among the trees of southern Mirkwood, and they were particularly strong and powerful and particularly smart. One important aspect of them was that they could exist in direct sunlight. Ooh. So remember how the Urukai, so normal orcs, they don't like being out in the sun, right? Right, right, right. Urukai have no problem with they it. They love it. Just like trolls don't like being out in the sun, or indeed sometimes will turn to stone, uh. Oleg High, no problem with the sun. So these are like designer trolls. These are like designer, these are like labradoodles. Oh, I love labradoodles. Yeah, these are basically Sauron's labradoodles. So that's basically what they know. They're described... In a battle before the gates of Mordor, when Aragorn and the captains of the West encounter a large company of them. Okay. And that's about the only time we hear about them. What happened to them after the battle? Were they all killed? We don't know. I hope they're living satisfying lives. I hope they, they, they took a correspondence course on coding. Get I some, hope they signed up for Code Academy. Maybe they did an apprenticeship. Now they're, they're did like a... The apprenticeship... Apprentice welders, maybe? Yeah. yeah electricians, plumbers. They got... They made the... You know, they, they're, make, they're self-made men. Yeah. I like to think. That's very sweet of you. The next one is snow trolls. Snow trolls truly, truly... We don't know what the hell is going on with them. So no snow troll ever appears in Tolkien's work. <laughs> ever. That's how little we know. What? They do not exist in Tolkien's work. Except uh-huh. Helm Hammerhand. Remember him? Uh, the guy with the wonderful name, yes. Yes. At one point is compared to a snow troll during his fights against the Dunlendings during the long winter. Okay. They compare him to a snow troll. And so we can infer that there must have been a thing called a snow troll. Unless there wasn't. Now, again... What happens a lot in the mountains? Lots of snow. What happens in hills in the northern areas? Snow. So you're, yeah, they could be the same thing. They could be the exact same thing. Last, we're going to talk about stone trolls. These are the trolls that Bilbo and the dwarves encountered. All right. So they lived around the dark woods known as the Troll Shaws, or in the Troll Fells that lay around the sources of the river Horwell. And they were said to be the most primitive of their kind. Vulgar, brutish, capable of only the most debased language, which is apparently like rural British accent. Squo, squo. There's nothing more debased than pronouncing the word squirrel like that. The more W's you fit into it, the more of a swear word. The it more debased, the more of a swear. Yeah, that's how it works. So they were said to have been made by the Dark Lord in mockery of living things. This is one of the things Tolkien has said that maybe they are not actually genuine creatures, but like weird sort of counterfeits, as he put it. Wait. And that is why when they're exposed to sunlight, they return to the stone from which they were created. Oh, I see. They're like stone puppets. They're like homunculi or something. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it kind of is. So we all know that they could not survive out in the open sun, but we also know that they could talk. This is the weird thing. They are the only trolls we ever see talk, and yet they are supposedly the stupidest and most primitive type of trolls there is. So what that tells us is that those mountain trolls, those those snow trolls... Are pretty damn smart, they're, actually. They're, they're a bunch of brains, yeah. So I looked up, if the stone trolls were primitive and stupid, why could they talk while the cave troll and the Fellowship of the Ring could not? And Coming here, back to this. Here are a few possible explanations. Okay. 
Number one, in the commentary for the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings, they mention that they conceived of that cave troll as having been taken by the orcs from its mother as a baby. Ah, so it's like a feral child. It's like a feral child. But this is not supported anywhere in the canon, though. Just a suggestion. It's just a suggestion. Just a thought. Second suggestion, just because you don't see them talking doesn't mean they can't. I mean, we do see it in a very stressful situation. Maybe words would not come to They're mind. They're on the battlefield. Maybe a lot of bellows would come to mind instead Nobody's of- Nobody's that eloquent on the battlefield. No, no. I, it's not time for talking. We don't see behind the scenes. We see all the all the good guys talking, quote unquote good guys talking. But I'm sure they're having pep talks behind the scenes too. These these trolls having like real in-depth conversations about like what it means to be a troll. And They're almost certainly and... discussing infinite jest. Absolutely. Behind like, the scenes. Yeah, Ficult, almost positively. The cult is open. They're yes. Proust. They got all the books. Oh, they got all the books. <laughs> Literally all the books. I don't know. The third suggestion is using language as the benchmark for intelligence is human-centric. True enough, yeah. So maybe cave trolls couldn't speak, but we're still overall smarter than stone trolls. You don't know. Basically- just because you can't use language doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means that you didn't evolve in an environment where there was a competitive advantage conferred by knowing how to speak a language. So they're basically like dolphins. They could be like dolphins. They could basically be the dolphins of, of the earth. Have they tested them for echolocation? Nobody has, as far as I know, nobody has tested them for echolocation. Maybe they echolocate. Wow. Another suggestion, and the one I think is most likely, is that The Hobbit was a kid's book. Yeah. <laughs> it's a children's book. Yeah. So they're the going to have, The spiders you know, talk in that book, the too. The spiders talk. Like, a lot of things that shouldn't be sentient are talking. They're talking. Non-sentient things be talking. They have in talks. Yes. One more thing I want to throw in here. Okay. There was one more group of beings called half-trolls. Ew. Well, no, fall fall this here. So they lived in Harrod to the south of Middle Earth. However, they may not have actually been trolls. I will read you the description of them and you will cringe into another dimension. Are you ready? I'm stealing myself. I'm putting on my cringe-proof suit. Zip! No I'm suit ready. in the world can prevent you from cringing. Got my grass mask on. I'm ready, Joanna. Wait the half-trolls were, quote... Black men like half trolls with white eyes and red tongues. Oh, oh, the cringe is coming out of my suit. There's a, there's a, oh, there's a breach in my suit. Breach, I need the duct tape, Joanna. It is Jesus. arguably oh. a very, very, very bad description. Oh, Joanna. Oh, God. They described a gollywog. Oh, God. Oh, God. There's a breach in my suit. Oh, why'd you do this to me? This leaves God. open the possibility. Well, first of all, that this is an extremely racist action. There's not, that's not a possibility. That's a certainty that this is a very racist description. Awful. It also leaves open the possibility that they were just like really big guys or human orc hybrids or any number of other things. But regardless of what they actually were, I think we can all agree that the description oh. is a bit not good. Oh, if I didn't have that suit on, I'd be I'd be a goner. Holy moly. Yeah. That was awful. I'm sorry to do that to you. Why'd you lay it Every on once me? in a while, I have to drop some... For the sake of fairness, every once in a while, I have to drop in something that Tolkien included that is really, really not good. Talk about a troll. <laughs> but I'm full circle. That's horrible. What do you have for me? Wash the taste out of our mouths. I'm sorry to end it on such a racist note. Okay. Well, I heard through the grapevine. My little birds told me that you were doing trolls for this week's episode. I, th- I thought I'd pick on... The most trollinest character in all of Star Wars. Are you talking troll as in like an internet troll? Like a goofy goofus who wants to mess with people for the lulls. Alright, who? The guy who posts on B on 4chan and just has all the sick memes. He definitely made up Shoop the Whoop. Shoop the Whoop, he did it. 
he he when a, when a streamer dies on Twitch, he, he types presses F, F to to pay respects. Oh, he's such a troll. It's so good. But before I get into that, I want to I want you to paint a mind picture. I want you to. All right, I'm closing my eyes so I can better paint this picture. This is a um, word association, and so I'm going to whisper three beautiful words to you, and you're going to tell me what you what pops into your mind's eye. Okay. Kowakian monkey lizard. That thing that Jabba the Hutt has on a leash. Oh, you got it. Okay. That's exactly what it is. You can open your eyes. All right. Kowakian monkey lizards. Yeah, I'm talking about Salacious B. Crumb. What's the B stand for? We'll find out. He's a Kowakian monkey lizard. Now, Kowakian monkey lizards are bipedal reptilian species native to the planet Kowak. It's a jungle planet on the outer rim. Though they had no established culture, says Wikipedia, Kowakian monkey lizards were quite intelligent, and despite their silly and cruel nature, they're considered sentient by many sentientologists in the galaxy. Sentientologists? Kind of like a Scientologist, but more about sentience. So people who specifically study whether or not something is sentient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still think it's impossible to approach that question from a non-human-centric point of view. But go on. I don't want to get that. I I would argue that some of these sentientologists may be other alien species. Yeah. So that wouldn't be from a human perspective, would it? Well, I suppose not. It'd be from like a Rodian perspective or like a Botham perspective. That's still going to skew things. Is it? Yes. Okay. They stood roughly 70 centimeters tall, so the little guys. Kowakian monkey lizards had small spindly bodies, two large floppy ears, and a beak-like nose with tufts of thick hair growing around their neck on the, on the tops of their heads. And some subspecies had long prehensile tails. So if you're picturing this guy... Which I am, always, at all times of day. Slacious Crumb is Jabba the Hutt's little... Little buddy, his little court jester. His little friend. His little guy. The little there Muppet. for him when Jabba's up late at night crying. The little Muppet who lives on his tail and sounds like this. <laughs> Music to my ears. They figured out that monkey lizards lay eggs as a group about once a year. Every, so once a year you get a bunch of monkey eggs. Whoa, they're oviparous? They're l- reptilian. They certainly don't look like lizards. They don't, but they have like a beak. That they use to to uh, catch bugs and stuff. Okay, so they're oviparous, which makes them extremely exciting to a very specific population on Tumblr. Cool. Immature monkey lizards are once described as a Sith Lord named Darth Vectivius as the ugliest larva in the galaxy. I don't think they're the ugliest. Have you seen the baby ones, though? Woof. So despite Wikipedia describing them as having no society or culture, the next paragraph is under the category Society and Culture. Awesome job, Wikipedia! So they live in nests and trees in Kowak, these jungle planet. They swing through the vines and they eat bugs and worms and little rodents and things like oh, okay. that. Okay, so their culture is the fact that they have to eat things to subsist. And, and they also have to move their bodies sometimes. They live in groups, though. They're a group. They're social animals. And okay. their main thing they like to do is be as loud as possible to scare away predators. That's a culture? So they just... That is a culture. I feel like that's a lot of sports fans. They... That's their culture. Yeah. Be as loud as possible to scare off predators. They're like fanatics here. Yeah. yeah. They're 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 hooting and hollering and scaring things away. No one eats these things. No, you know so what? Annoying. I should rephrase. I feel like that's the culture of like 13-year-old golf kids being as loud as possible in groups to try and scare off predators. I feel like that was basically my high school experience. I don't know if that's typical for goths, though. I feel like they want to just brood in a graveyard or something. Uh, I don't think that you were around many goth kids during the era of Happy Noodle Boy. Not not the real goth kids. Those are like random internet kids. Yeah. Nowadays. They're trolls. They're trolls. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Full circle again. How many circles have we done? I can't even keep track. I'm dizzy. I'm going to vomit. Yep. They had a clear sense of mischief and humor. This is kind of ingrained into their society. Which, okay, let's just take a step back here for a sec. You may have noticed, and we've maybe talked about it before, but Star Wars has this kind of kind of a questionable pattern where they take the one example of it in the movies 
of like a, of a species or a society and they make the entire society that they're from exactly like them. Yes, it does that. And so, ipso facto, in, in, in Star Wars, we have Salacious B. Crumb, the court lizard who's like laughing and joking. It, therefore, all of his people are the same goofballs like him. But the thing is, we don't know that. Like, for all we know, he could just be kind of screwed up. Like, maybe right. Jabba went to that planet and his people literally just like sold him into right. bondage to Jabba because like, we cannot stand this guy. Maybe they're all like... Chartered accountants and attorneys and stuff. Like, they're extremely now, sober. You say this, though, but I don't want it that way. I want them all to be goofballs. Because I I don't like it usually when it's like, oh, all of Han Solo's people, they're all roguish space captains. And all of Greedo's people, they want to be bounty hunters. I think it's funny that there's an entire race of, of, of crappy little mischief monkeys who just want to, like, mess things up. I think that's really funny. What do you think is more obnoxious from a world-building standpoint? Extrapolating from the one example you have and just saying, like, the whole entire planet is like this yeah or literally just being like i don't know like tolkien mm. i think tolkien's is maybe safer because he can just kind of claim ignorance on this stuff i mean he had like i think that's the more that's that's that shows more academic integrity maybe so i think you can argue it both ways it's when it's really specific like that is goofy and you're there could be kawakian monkey lizards who aren't like that i think that's okay I'm just saying, if you're going to say that some trolls should be able to get into academia... I think some Kowakian monkey lizards can I think some Kowakian monkey lizards can also just not be complete annoying a-holes. You know, they're probably not part of that society or culture, you know? Yeah. You know? That's what I think. Anyway, moving on. Uh, they were known to mock others, laugh at them, and even fling objects toward them simply because they found it amusing. Oh what God. a bunch of goofs. What a bunch of goofuses. That's so lovable. That's so amusing. They're able to perfectly mimic almost any language, and according to certain studies, even communicate in those languages if they wish. That sounds pretty smart, actually. Yeah. They were also known to laugh at appropriate times in conversations. Okay. They knew when to laugh. So it wasn't all inappropriate laughter. Well, some of it wasn't On occasion, it was actually appropriate. And they could also respond to the conversations with, like, with appropriate responses. Okay. So they could communicate. They could yeah. have a conversation, yep. is what you're saying. So that's the kind of overview on Kwaki and Monkey Lizards. Let's jump into the man of the hour, Salacious B. Crumb. B. And you are actually going to tell me what the B stands for? We'll get into it, yeah. So he's born in Kwak. I bet it's butt. I'm going to bleep that out. That's no, <laughs> no more swears. He was born in Kwak. Not much is known about his early life, except that one of his cousins was named Gibberus Crumb. He snuck off world at one point and he eventually ended up on one of Jabba the Hutt's ships during one of his rare excursions away from Tatooine. Oh. Crumb helped himself to Jabba's food almost immediately. He found himself into the stores, but he got stuck in that feeding bowl full of frogs. Oh my god. That Jabba what likes eating. <laughs> what a loser. So Jabba found him like, what's going on here? And he was so mad he tried to eat Crumb right away. But Crumb scrambled away, taking the bowl with him and he hid in the rafters of his ship. Just then, Jabba's two major domos Bib Fortuna and Bildo Quirve entered the room and Crumb dumped the frog goo on their heads. Oh my god, that is hilarious. Quirve was completely covered in it and he tried to fire his gun at Crumb, but his gun was full of gunk too, so he shot goo in Bib Fortuna's face. Oh instead. my god! Yeah, 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 yeah. Jabba thought it was the funniest thing ever and he was delirious in laughter. That is the kind of stupid thing that Jabba. Have you ever noticed, like, really, really powerful and super, like, tasteless and classless people like they always just have this dumb sense of you like like for example like world dictators oh yeah if you look yeah. at world dictators throughout history they always have like extremely dumb juvenile sense of humor yeah, listen to behind the bastards they talk a lot about that it's a very funny podcast recommended recommended not sponsored we just like it so Jabba said okay i'll spare your life little guy i'm gonna offer you a job as my court jester with one condition 
you make me laugh every day, at least once a day, or I'll eat you. Oh my god, no pressure. Easy, right? Took him back to Tatooine. Pretty much everyone in Jabba's palace hated him except for Jabba. Jabba thought he was the funniest little dude, but everyone else was like, that thing is so annoying. He, his favorite thing was to repeat the threats that Jabba spit out to his unwelcome guests. Yes. Just like saying them back to people. So he really funny. like, he's a funny guy. That again seems like a very world dictatory thing to do. Have just a- have this guy around that everybody else hates, but he's like your favorite, so they can't do anything about it. This little giggly yes man who makes fun of your guests is awesome. Kind of like in the Island of Doctor Moreau, where Marlon Brando just has a little dude. And a little dude. <laughs> a little dude. Okay, we're talking about the '90s version of that story, the movie with Val Kilmer and Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando has a little dude who looks is dressed exactly like him. He doesn't giggle and like repeat no, stuff. No, but he's just there. Apparently, Marlon Brando like saw him and. Ecuador or something and he was just like I love this little man this tiny man he's gonna be in this movie I think the animals on the island didn't really mind little guy that much but I think the people in Jabba's palace really minded Salacious Crow definitely he's kind of an annoying little twerp right let me tell you a little story (laughs) about the examples of, of how Salacious Crumb kind of did things in the, in the, in the palace. Okay, okay? So around 3 or 4 ABY, a professor named Melvosh Bohr, with aims of writing an academic report on Jabba and his goings-on, to one of his colleague, a guy called Professor Patan. Okay. He had planned a rendezvous with someone inside the palace named Darian Glee, who turned out to be a spy of Lady Valerian. And so as such, he was caught and killed before Melvosh Bloor even arrived. Now, Lady Valerian, lest we forget, was the one that stole Figurin Jabba's Dan. Yeah. house band. He stole Figurin Dan. She, she is his rival. Yeah. She, Starting kicking off this just lifelong enmity between the two. This is, or this is in progress. And so the, his contact was this spy of hers who was killed, and he didn't know about it. And so instead of being greeted by Darian Glee, who greeted him instead, do you think? Salacious Crumb. Well, let's go through it. I actually have some Reader's Theater here. Uh, I would love it if you play Salacious Crumb for me. Oh my god. All right. Okay, can, I'm going to try. Can you put on your best Salacious Crumb giggle? <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's really good. Okay. So you're highlighted in yellow here. Okay. I'll play Melvosh Bloor and you'll play Salacious Crumb. Okay. Okay. Oh dear, I do apologize most sincerely. You must think I'm an awfully big muckhead. <laughs> an awful big muckhead! Has there been a change in the situation since we last communicated? Don't tell me that Professor Patan has turned up alive. Patan! Patan! <laughs> the little creature convulsed with insane merriment. She was convulsing with insane merriment. You should have seen her. Oh my, Professor Patan is alive after all. Oh dear, this ruins everything. I suppose I'm to blame for not having done sufficient research before undertaking the mission, as no doubt Professor Patan will be the first to tell me once we return to the university. Insufferable old gormworm. Oh, I can just hear him now, bragging about how he doesn't rely on secondhand knowledge when he teaches, he goes out and does research in the field, publish or perish, like he always says. Research in the field? <laughs> the creature made a rude noise with one or more parts of its rubbery body. My sentiments exactly. Have you ever had any academic experience, Darian Gill? <laughs> ah, I see you have. <laughs> Professor Patan! My good fellow, your uh, substantive evaluation of Professor Patan's character leads me to believe you've encountered him, even though he swore he had nothing to do with you. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, strikes me as stupid. Stupid! Ah, then we're in agreement, then. When I was first plotting, uh, I mean considering this expedition, my fellow academics, Rayashed and Scarton, told me I couldn't go wrong with you by my side. Do you remember them? <laughs> You're certainly entitled to your own opinion. 
Professor Patan was infuriated. Right then, I sent on my own request to leave and do a project so challenging, so sweeping in scope, that even were Professor Patan to bully the board and deciding with him, the sheer audacity of my work would compel them to renege and end by favoring me. I would interview Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> interview the Hutt! Uh, quite. Sit down nicely with him like civilized beings and... Nicely? Nicely with him? <laughs> When you were originally contacted about this, you said you could arrange it. Uh, can you take me to him? Take? Can take? <laughs> All the way to Java, to Java, to Java! <laughs> uh, good. So Patan came here and was never heard from again. We all hoped, uh, assumed he was dead. Now, you tell me Professor Patan's still alive. Still alive? Sarlacc eat one meal long time! <laughs> the Sarlacc? You mean Professor Patan fell into the... the, the... Spot! Not so loud, not so loud. Ha! Coward! Think I stupid? Like fool guide, fool patan hire? Fools for Sarlacc Pit! I'd rather be his guide! He listen? No! He lunch, dinner, breakfast, more lunch, snack, supper! Have mercy on us! Patan's guy must have been a fool of the first order. Uh, whom did he hire, and how stupid was he? How stupid was he? How stupid was he? Fool Patan went higher. <laughs> went higher. <laughs> went higher. Salacious crumb. Creature laughed so hard he fell off his perch. He then said a nasty word so arcane that Melvosh Bloor made a haste to enter it into his data pad for later linguistic study. Who Who is Salacious Crumb? I, I'm afraid I don't know. No one closer to bloated one. No one. All day, every day, Hut say crumb. Salacious Crumb, he say. Salacious Crumb, make me laugh now or I eat you. Uh, I, I see. I, I'm afraid I don't quite get the joke, but, uh... Better you don't than Jabba don't. Every day, every day, fresh jokes. All time, fresh, fresh, fresh. <laughs> Try tell bloated one same joke twice. Are you saying that the salacious crumb deliberately led Professor Patan to fall into the Sarlacc pit as a joke? Smatter! You don't get it? Melvosh Bloor shook his head. Oh, bloated one too, don't. Seen it. He say next time louder and funnier. You seem to know an awful lot about the doings of salacious crumb. So? You know a lot about Jabba. This makes you hot? Well, I hope not. Come, last one out. Sarlacc food! That was a wonderful salacious crumb. Beautiful. Thanks. My now, throat really hurts. It should. He screeched a lot. So Crumb led Melvosh Bloor to Jabba, and surprisingly enough, Jabba decided to give him a, an open interview. They talked for hours, and he filled his data pad with information about Jabba. As he, of course, before this happened, Jabba did reveal that Salacious Crumb had been his guide the whole time. Everyone in the palace laughed at Melvosh Bloor, and they asked, "How stupid was he?" <laughs> Laughing about it. I, I want to say this is exactly how my open interview with PetSmart went. Really? <laughs> yeah, back wow. in high school. Oh yeah, this is how it was. Well, how stupid were you? And everybody laughed, even the dogs. Oh, that's terrible. Those, I mean, jeez. Let's see if it ended the same way as your PetSmart interview. Okay. At the end, Jabba told Bloor what he must do in exchange for his time. So he says, "Make me laugh." And Melvosh Bloor goes, oh, "What? What?" says, you heard me. I weary of Salacious Crumb's antics. This is the second time he has attempted to use academics to amuse me. I don't like to hear the same joke twice. Make me laugh or I will devour you where you stand. So Bloor thinks to himself, he's like, okay, uh, I gotta think of a joke real fast. He's also like making evil eyes at Salacious Crumb. Like if that little pimple can make Jabba laugh, then an academic like myself should make him laugh. No problem, right? I can come with a joke. Easily. You want to know why basically every stand-up comic does a lot of cocaine? This is why. They don't want to get eaten. They don't want to get eaten. By, by the... By people who hear the same joke twice. So he thinks back and says, ah, 
Professor Patan told me a really good joke in one of our staff meetings. I'll tell that one. His job is going to love this. I mean, everyone on the, all the academics laughed. Job is going to love it. So he goes, stop me if you've heard this one before, Jabba. How many Sarlaccs does it take to do in a Jedi? Heard it, says Jabba. He presses a button, and the floor beneath Bloor opens up, and he falls into the Rancor pit below. He's screaming as he's being eaten. And Jabba says, I've heard that one before, too. Well, Salacious Chrome, that was louder, but I don't think it was funnier. Eh, academics, publish or perish, publish or perish! Now that's funnier! Ho, 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 ho! Man, tough crowd. Pretty good stuff, right? Tough crowd. I thought it was a fun story. That is from Esther M. Friesner's story, That's Entertainment, The Tale of Slacious Crumb. From nice the, job. From A Tale of Jabba's Palace. I kind of formatted it into a, a Regis Theater format. And very good, Esther. Very good. I thought it was very funny. I thought, yes. you know, I love, I love a, a little jokester man who gets people killed. I think it's very funny. So Crumb, we don't have much else about his life. We know that he died on the sail barge when it blew up. Last thing we saw him do is pulling out C-3PO's eye and chewing on it. That was it. And then he blew up and died. Do we know for a fact that he died, though? We do. There's some There's some debate, because there's a few comics that came out that were about him, but they've put him definitively in the timeline before his death, before 4ABY. Yeah. Slacious Crumb is dead. You know what I'm doing right now? Pressing F. I'm see pressing you. F to pay respects. F, yep. F, F, F. All yep. the respect for our dearly departed Salacious Crumb. Yep. Rest in peace, you beautiful monkey lizard. You beautiful troll. Let's go behind the scenes, though, before we wrap up here. Okay. So even though he's a kind of laughing goofus in the movie that can just kind of repeat stuff, his puppeteer, Tim Rose, who, by the way, also did Admiral Akbar. Oh, cool. Like, he played the body and did the face and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different guy did his voice, but pretty cool. Gave him an actual voice and would use him around the set to, like, play jokes on people <laughs> and, like, just, like, have conversations with other people in the, in the cast to cheer oh, them up. He's such a prankster on What a set. goofball, what right? A goofus. Uh, Salacious Crumb is Anthony Daniels' favorite character in the series. Really? Besides C-3PO, of course. Oh, yeah, naturally. We know he but, loves C-3PO. But number two, close number two, Salacious B. Crumb. Really? Yeah. Salacious Crumb's name was pitched by the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi puppeteer Phil Tippett. He's the guy who did all the stop motion stuff. Yeah. And on one occasion, when Tippett and his crew went out to lunch, he decided to bend down and tie his shoes. And he said, wait a minute, guys, while I tie my shoelaces. Uh... Mispronouncing the word shoelaces. While George Lucas initially rejected the name, he finally changed his mind and accepted the idea, but he added the word Crumb to the character's name as an homage to underground comic book artist Robert Crumb. I was totally gonna joke, like, is there any relation to Robert Crumb? And I was like, that's a stupid joke, but apparently it's real. It's entirely intentional. Okay. So that's where his name came from, is saying the word shoelaces wrong and... And then Robert Crumb. R. Crumb. What does the B stand for in his name? And we have a few differing opinions on this from Wikipedia... Ken, I have to keep bleeping these squares. I'm sorry, I got a filthy mouth. This is a PG podcast. Is it? (laughs) I think that's been our aim, but I don't know if we've ever achieved it. We have. And now we've failed. Season 2 is now PG-13. What does the B stand for? So Wikipedia has a, has a talk article on Slacious Crumb with some suggestions. Okay. So Windu223 suggests, I don't know, I don't think anyone else knows, if I don't have enough time to figure out what the initial stands for, my best guess is Belacious. Salacious Belacious <laughs> Crumb. Good guess, Windu223. Anonymous user says, maybe the B stands for B, just like Homer J. Simpson and the J stands for J. I, I remember that episode. Right? Yeah. A different anonymous suggests it should be noted that Jabba gives Salacious his name, Salacious Crumb, literally translating as tempting morsel. So maybe the B stands for body, as he's a salacious and body morsel. Mmm, kind of a reach, anonymous. Kind of a reach. Yeah. A banned user says, like one who was banned from this, yes. says, it is Belvedere. I tried to update the page and could not find the button. Please add the full name. Thank you. Is that the comment that got him banned? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Suggesting that Salacious B. Crow's middle name was Belvedere. Literally, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Then we get over to Reddit. There's a thread about this too from a guy called Backflash616. His thread says, does the B in Slash's crumb stand for biscuit or bread? It has to be one or the other, right? Anyone know which it is? Old or new canon? I hope to be able to sleep soundly soon. Uh, I mean, like, it does. It literally does have to be one or the other. It stands to region. It has to be either bread or biscuit. Slash's it literally bread cannot crumb. be anything else. Slash's biscuit crumb. Yeah. What do you think it is? I already told you what I think it is. Bread. Good. I've never figured it out. Yeah. But that's what I got to tell you about Slash's crumb. The biggest troll in Star Wars. Lay epic Quokian lizard monkey for the win. I bet Forever he alone. so many YouTube poops in his day. Oh, I bet he did. So many. Like, do you remember that one, like, YouTube poop where it was, like, Mario and Luigi going into Mario Land? Yeah, Mama Luigi! And, yeah, that one, too. I He made those. And you had to make one every day to make Jabba laugh. Yeah. Jabba turns out... <laughs> Jabba demanded a different YouTube poop every single day. He could eat if he didn't. <laughs> See you, Ned! So now we have to go into our season two of our long-running segment... The worst, the worst, the worst, the worst, the worst name challenge. Yes. So two weeks ago, if you weren't here or you forgot, we had Hor, the Tusken Raider, facing off against his new challenger, Doof and Dork, the Orcs. And two mythical brothers, both of which jumped fully formed from the cloven head of Zeus. So what happened this past week? Now, we have a policy. If you make it three weeks, you get rose into the rafters. Yes. Whore could not snag that third win. He made it a third week. But Doof and Dork have bested him. Oh my god. So wait, so where does Whore go now? Whore gets to raise him to the rafters. Bye, Whore! Raise him to the rafters. Bye! Thank you for your service, you beautiful Paris costume. F! F. Memeing on me. Okay, I'm sorry. I just found out what press F to pay respects comes from. Like, like four yesterday. years late. Like four years late, and so I'm like into it right now. Anywho, my challenger this week, Salacious B. Crumb, baby. Ah, uh, I was wondering when you were going to do that one. It was like kind now, of the most obvious one. I-, I would argue that his name rules. I love it, but some would argue it's a bad name. So I'm going to put it up against Doofendork. Slacious B. Crumb, Slacious Bread Crumb up against Doofendork, and we'll see what happens. Alright, we'll see what happens. So if you want to vote, go to our Facebook or our Twitter and click on those polls. Tell us which one is the worst or one you think is silliest and dumbest. You can also hang out with us at our official website, www.whatslightsabersprecious.com or, alternatively, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts you could rate us up there, leave a comment or a, or a review. We got, it would be a touching gesture since we are providing this service for free. We've got more than eight ratings now. We have exceeded eight ratings, which was always our goal. So and, we can shut the podcast down now. And more than one review. More so, than one. I, this was an early thing in season one, but season two, I'm going to throw it out there again. If you guys get on that iTunes and you... you beef us up in some good way uh let me know the thing is like you guys are doing it but you're not letting us know please let me know what's lightsabers precious at gmail.com tell me if you go on apple Podcasts and rate us up or leave a review because i love it and i want to give you a present in return so please get a hold of us get a hold of us get us on the horn and we will help you help me help you anyway that's our episode this week that's all we have so we'll be back next week with more of season two of What's Lightsaber's Precious. Until then, see ya, Hobwalks! Play the e-bits!